You're listening to the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey, a leading multi-platform audio content and entertainment company. Listen on the Odyssey app. For the ANA Champions of Growth Podcast, I'm Matthew Schwartz. In the last few years, diversity, equity, and inclusion has climbed to the top of the corporate agenda as consumer-facing brands stepped up their efforts to engage and hire people so companies would more accurately reflect rapidly changing demos swirling throughout the U.S. But some of the efforts have been met with resistance and put brands on the spot. Kohl's, PetSmart, and the North Face incurred backlash for embracing Gay Pride Month in their marketing efforts and merchandising last year, while Bud Light and Target were also caught in the cultural crossfire for what some critics saw as being too, quote, woke in their messaging. However, the backlash sparked a backlash, something that marketers must keep in mind as they reach out and cultivate new audiences. If a brand backtracks on its support for social causes, 77% of consumers would either immediately stop purchasing or look to purchase other brands more supportive of their views, according to a survey of more than 9,000 consumers. More than three-fourths of consumers said they will not return to that brand or will only return if the brand changes its practices. That's according to research on consumer sentiment on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, and so-called woke marketing practices. The survey, which was conducted by the Cultural Inclusion Accelerator in partnership with the ANA's Alliance for Inclusive and Multicultural Marketing, or AIM, was released during the ANA Masters of Marketing Conference in Orlando last October. Gilbert Davila, co-founder of AIM and president and CEO of Davila Multicultural Insights, attended the conference. And I got a chance to chat with him about where the marketing industry's DEI efforts go from here and how companies brace for even more cultural and demographic change. Gilbert, thanks so much for joining me. Can you share your perspective on the state of inclusive marketing and the key challenges marketers are facing in implementing it? What you have seen over time, and particularly in the last several years, is really a renewed energy, really being able to make meaningful connections with these growing audiences. And you've seen a lot of companies experience growth because of that. That said, while it's an amazing opportunity for any marketer, I also believe that the industry is at a bit of a crossroads. And the reason is because in today's environment with so many conflicts in the United States and the world, inflation, higher prices, really has put a pressure on marketers and the budgets. And what's happened is that now there is really some companies cutting back on their efforts and quite frankly, not fulfilling a lot of the promises that they have made in terms of being able to increase their efforts to reach inclusive consumers. Let's talk about this crossroads you just referred to, and let's talk about the execution in the industry collectively. In a story in NA Newsstand regarding inclusive marketing, you stated, quote, most brands have lacked a comprehensive inclusive marketing strategy, and many lack the insights to, quote, fully understand the uniqueness of diverse consumers, how they fit the brand, and how to connect deeply with them in the most trusted context that reflects their values and voice. So my question is, what are these gaps and what are some of the most practical steps marketers can take to fill them? And is it ultimately a question of will? There's a huge opportunity for corporate America to 
deliver and gain growth. But what happens often in corporate America is that the companies are not following the proper steps in order to be able to identify how big the opportunity is. So if I could take you down several steps, I would say that it really starts with sizing the opportunity, understanding the customers that you're going after, understanding which are the groups that are growing, and then be able to size the opportunity from a financial perspective. That should be your true north in how big the opportunity is and then how you're going to invest appropriately. You know, as Mark Pritchard just indicated in his keynote, it really then becomes a matter of research and insights that are gonna be able to really make strong connections with your consumers. And the concept of reaching all and each is really important. Well, we wanna have messages that are very broad in nature. The beauty of marketing to diverse consumers is finding those insights and cultural nuances that are now going to not only be able to reach your brain, but also your heart, and is going to let that consumer know that you are speaking to them, that you are important to them, and that they understand you. Gilbert, I want you to give me um, and our listeners a, a tutorial on AIM, what its mission is, as well as an update on AIM's Power Up Growth Through Inclusive Marketing Report which helps marketers develop cultural relevance across every touch point of an inclusive marketing process. Uh, the Alliance for Inclusive and Multicultural Marketing was launched in 2016 with a very clear mission to be able to prioritize and uplift all things multicultural and inclusive to uh, achieve two things. One is to be able to help brands grow but also to achieve a higher level of equity in the marketplace and to be able to get rid of a lot of systemic barriers that are preventing companies and people from progressing. As part of the work that we have done, the Alliance today counts with over 230 members, is to put out the most relevant and important information for marketers. And one of the most important pieces that we have published is the Power Up book, which is a CMO guide for what we called modern marketers. For you to be a modern marketer today, you have to really be able to be in tune with all of your customers and in America, that is a growing diverse customer. So in this, which is a CMO guide, but it's truly for every marketer, is to be able to understand the business opportunity the case for change for embracing and increasing your multicultural and inclusive efforts to understand all the categories where multicultural consumers are driving growth. And it's got a series of interviews from some of the most notable CMOs in the United States that really share their wisdom on how to go about it, the importance of multicultural and inclusive, and quite frankly, the results that they have been able to achieve. So talk to that in terms of what marketers can do when there is that resistance, when there is that pushback from the C-suite. You know, I'm not sure that the pushback is from the C-suite. I think that the pushback, and certainly against DEI efforts that you have seen in the marketplace, are really coming from a very small minority group. As a matter of fact, in a SIM study that we conducted, and so I wanna set the record straight, over 50% of all consumers are either 
LGBTQ or the bigger portion allies. These are people that absolutely want companies to be able to have a point of view and to be able to support all the communities, not only multicultural, but also, for example, in the LGBTQ community. The minority of consumers are the ones that would not be in favor of that. But those voices are well organized, they have a loudspeaker, and they make it sound like it's everybody. So I wanna make it very clear that is a minority. As a matter of fact, for every one person that is against that, there's six that are in favor. So that alone sets the tone of how you can really benefit as an organization on being intentional in your offers, in your uh, messaging, day in and day out, and to have a program that is consistent over time. Because of some of the pushback on DEI, it has in fact created a bit of a freeze and inertia in some companies. But the message is loud and clear. By doing that, you're going to stop engaging with the growth market. Your brands are going to suffer certainly over the long haul. So it's really incumbent upon all companies to be thoughtful about their efforts, take a look at their value system. And once you identify the groups that you're gonna market to, it's really important to do so in a consistent basis. Uh, to what you just said, Gilbert, does that suggest that companies who capitulate to this small coterie of consumers who are opposed to embracing LGBTQ, opposed to embracing multicultural marketing, that they can't be cowed by these groups? We just conducted a survey that we're gonna launch here at Masters with close to 10,000 consumers. It really demonstrates that number one, consumers want companies to be able to support their point of views, have a point of view, and the word is equality, to have equity and equality. Out of six that want that, one might not. On the reverse, we also studied what would happen if any company were to acquiesce to some of those minority voices that really have a problem with equality and inclusivity. And it's the same, but in reverse. More people would be upset if you backpedal to the point where they would lose them as a company, stop purchasing your product, potentially boycott as well, or at the very least would only come back to you if that company really changes back uh, their position. Okay, and as we head into a short break, Gilbert, I wanted to read you this quote from an ad age piece from Ditavio Samuel, CEO of a Black-owned media company, Revolt, who said, quote, my job as CEO is to read the tea leaves, said Samuels, who called the past three years, quote, an illusion of inclusion, and quote, it very clearly feels like what used to be tailwinds are now turning into headwinds. What's your take? If you've been in this industry for as long as I have, what you have seen is the pendulum swing multiple times, depending on what's happening in this society and in this country. The fact is that after the murder of George Floyd and the social justice movement, a lot of companies, and rightfully so, made a lot of promises, made a lot of commitments mm -hmm. about increasing 
their diversity, supporting DEI, not only in the messaging to consumers, but also internally in making sure that their organization represented the communities that they serve. We're now at a time where we need to go back to those promises and commitments the company made and quite frankly, hold them accountable for quite frankly, things that they simply said that they would be doing. There's been a lot of good and a lot of progress, but I will tell you that yes, there is also a sense that some companies are not where they need to be based on those promises made. And I believe that there are, in fact, some headwinds right now. There's, for example, an opportunity for us to engage more than ever in reaching consumers with diverse media and minority-owned media, where today only about 2 or 3% of those media dollars are going towards minority-owned and targeted media companies. Overall, about 6 or 7% of all the media is being spent to reach these consumers, endemic or non-endemic. Clearly, when you're talking to 45% of the country plus, then there's a gap that needs to be filled in terms of investing appropriately and incrementally to be able to back to achieving that growth. In light of the demographics and the social indices in this country, for those companies who don't step up, do they face becoming irrelevant? You're definitely not going to achieve the growth that you're seeking. And if your product doesn't meet the demands and the needs of consumers, yes, you could end up being irrelevant. And you're certainly going to have a lot of competitors that do get it, by the way, because there's some companies that are really world-class that are really forging through, and you could see it in their increase in sales, market share, profits, growing the market, and it's also a reflection of not only how they are communicating in more relevant and targeted ways, but also how they are now internally representing at a higher level the communities that they serve. Stay with us, there's a lot more to come. And now for a short break. For a new CMO, the pressure to deliver results is on from the get-go. If you don't take a disciplined approach to onboarding, you'll soon find yourself in a defensive crouch without laying a solid foundation for long-term value. ANA CMO's 90-Day Quick Wins Package is a combination of videos, cheat sheets, checklists, and more to help your first three months as CMO or marketing lead be a success. To learn more, go to www.ana.net slash first 90 days. Welcome back. Continuing our conversation with Gilbert Davila, co-founder of the Alliance for Inclusive and Multicultural Marketing, or AIM. Gilbert, you've seen the evolution of inclusive marketing throughout your career. How has it evolved? Do you sense a trend now where brands in pursuit of efficiency are reverting back to the old total market concept? The total market concept was introduced maybe, I don't know, a decade ago or so. And it was really a way that brands trying to include multicultural and inclusive were really depicting them in their advertising. So it was really a casting exercise where companies felt that they were now being inclusive and that's all they had to do. But it was really in the name of efficiencies. How can I save money? How can I hire less targeted agencies? How do I have less subject matter experts in the team? It's just a casting exercise to drive efficiencies. And then post now 
social justice and the pandemic and during that period, we really did see a renaissance, quite frankly, of people understanding the importance of being targeted, of being relevant, of really highlighting cultural nuances and really being able to represent the communities that we all serve. And we did see an upswing in that sense. And what's happening now, several years after that, we are beginning to see some companies that are reverting back to the notion that if I'm just inclusive in my advertising from a casting perspective, then you know what, maybe I don't have to be as intentional in our efforts to be able to connect in meaningful ways, create that sense of loyalty, that sense that I know you and I am talking to you and reverting back to that efficiency. It's about then now, how do I save some funds? It's a very dangerous way of approaching it. When you look at the totality of the marketplace and when you're looking for growth, it is really important to not just make it a casting exercise, but to be able to embed a multicultural point of view through the entire creative process and through the entire product cycle. So the concept of total market, when it's all an efficiency play to quite frankly be exclusive in so many ways is a terminology that we think it's inappropriate or certainly a methodology and process. It's more about being very culturally relevant to the segments that you wanna pursue. In terms of bringing multicultural advertising to life, there are a number of brands that are successfully implementing inclusive marketing strategies and ad campaigns. So can you point to some tangible examples of companies doing it right when it comes to driving inclusive advertising? As early as today, so a wonderful presentation by Proctor who really talked about that concept, reaching all and reaching each. And in their advertising, what you have seen is broad advertising that's going to appeal to the largest possible audience, but with very dedicated efforts, call it a wink, call it a cultural nuance that really resonated with that particular segment. One in particular that stood out, it was really geared towards the Asian American group and the importance of getting the names right. It was very powerful campaign that really educated about how it's important. We all have names, it's important to pronounce them correctly and how by doing that we can get closer to each other. You have some wonderful campaigns by McDonald's, for example, and the Hash Brown Forever, which is all about sign language. If you can hear when you're watching the commercial, it was all sign language that really showed and demonstrated the power that we can have by being very inclusive. You know, L'Oreal has now the first technology and computer makeup applicator for those that have limited mobility. MasterCard has a, an incredible campaign and a great product for those that are either blind or sight impaired by the way that their cards are now manufactured and through touch, you know exactly which card you have. It seems like with the examples you cite, Gilbert, that nuance really has to be the North Star here. First of all, the notion of culture is incredibly important. In a SIM study that we have done that over a very long time, hundreds of thousands of individual evaluations demonstrate that culture drives impact. Today, there is a way to be able to measure the impact of culture in advertising 
through the same tool in the different audiences, Hispanic, Black, Asian, people with disabilities, LGBTQ. And it's so exciting because today we can demonstrate that culture can drive up to 60% of the success of a campaign. Think about that. The rest is price and product and all the different other elements, but that cultural nuance and highlight is a main driver in today's advertising success. And in his opening remarks this morning, ANA CEO Bob Leodis referred to the talent equation, and I don't want to get your take on it, in terms of how pivotal talent is in terms of creating more effective, inclusive, and more culturally relevant marketing. What are diverse teams doing to enhance their recruiting, to bring in more diverse staffs, and what is the benefit there? It is incredibly important for the success of a company today to be able to represent internally the communities that they serve. You were seeing progress, for example, the marketing and advertising industry is now well over 50% female. So from a gender perspective, we have seen great progress there. We still need to see a lot more progress from a multicultural and inclusive perspective. Why does it matter? First of all, all of these employees are also your customers. And when you have a subject matter experts in the field, when you have that diversity of thought can help drive innovation. That's the beauty of this country, that diversity drives innovation and that leads to growth. By having the internal talent, it's really, number one, a pipeline to the future of this country, to be able to internally, through a DEI lens, leverage those through ERGs that can become internal focus groups for you to be able to understand what's really resonating with these audiences as a first line of understanding. Doesn't take away the research you need to do, but boy, leveraging those internal resources that are going to be able to really bring insights that otherwise you might not have is critical to the success of a brand. And as we start to wrap up, can you leave us with some thoughts on what the marketing industry needs to examine when it comes to inclusive marketing? To any marketer out there, it is important for them to really get into it. And what that means is they need to educate themselves on the importance of it. They need to be able to surround themselves with subject matter experts, agency partners, media partners that really know how to reach these audiences. And I will tell you that after being in this industry for now several decades, it is beautiful to see how when these efforts come together, they really do deliver results. If you're not in it today, really focused and intentional with a real DEI lens as well, you are already behind. You have competitors that are looking to gain market share and it's incumbent upon everyone to be able to feel like they have skin in the game, accountability and responsibility to reach these growing audiences to drive growth. And we'll have to leave it there. Gilbert Davila, co-founder of ANA's Alliance for Inclusive and Multicultural Marketing, or AIM. Thanks so much for joining me, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. For a copy of the AIM survey on consumer sentiment and diversity, equity, and inclusion, and belonging marketing practices, go to www.anaaimm.net. To register for the ANA's Matches of Marketing Conference in 2024, go to www.anaaimm.net.
youtube.net slash masters. Be sure to tune in next time when I'll be joined by Peter Proramo, founder and president of the Boathouse Group, to discuss how generative AI will change the customer experience and how brands step up their efforts to communicate with their audiences. If you would like to recommend a guest or topic for a future episode, please email me at mschwartz at ana.net. And be sure to subscribe to Champions of Growth wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. I'm Matthew Schwartz. Thanks for listening. This has been a presentation of the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey.